Chapter Twenty One of The Lonely Lady of Grosvenor Square. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Lonely Lady of Grosvenor Square by Mrs. Henry de la Pasture. Chapter Twenty One. Anne Marie. The Duchess of Monaghan was almost beside herself with indignation when she heard, some days later, of the appearance of the dead soldier's widow and child at 99 Grosvenor Square. Her feelings were such that her son could, with difficulty, restrain her from proceeding at once to the house and then and there forcibly denouncing them as impostors. Is it likely that if the poor young fellow were really married, his own sister should know nothing of it? People of this kind always turn up when a large fortune is in question. Look at the claimant. There is a case in point. And that poor girl knows nothing of the world we live in. Nothing at all. She will be doing something foolish and quixotic and ruining everybody, herself included, said the Duchess incoherently. Monaghan, you must speak out at once and put a stop to it. All her prudent reticence was lost in lively apprehension, and even Denise could no longer be blind to the fact that his mother had detected and shared his hopes for the future. I have no right to interfere, he said coldly. You ought to have a right by this time, and you must see how terribly important it is. Three hundred and sixty thousand pounds besides the money collection, said the incautious Duchess, betraying herself afresh with every word she spoke. Surely, even if her brother was married, he must have made a large provision for her, after talking of dividing it all. Surely, he must have left a will of some kind. If not, if this impostor succeeds in proving her claim, don't you see that the widow and the son would get it all? She cried with tears in her eyes. The trustees would have no power to provide for the sister that I can discover. She would have just nothing at all. Denise did not explain to his parent that in such case... Jean would have exactly as much as he had supposed her to possess when he had first made up his mind to marry her if he could. I am so fond of her. She is so exactly the very person I should have chosen for my daughter. And the blow would be doubly severe, said the poor Duchess appealingly. I cannot give up my hopes yet. I cannot bear to think at all our plans should be knocked on the head like this and the whole thing become impossible. Utterly impossible all in a moment but the duke's fair face was inscrutable and she could not read his intentions there try as she might he escaped from her presence as soon as he could only to turn his footsteps in the direction of grosvenor square on this occasion he did not merely inquire after jean but also sent in a message to ask whether she felt able to see him the answer was in the affirmative and his grace was ushered immediately into the morning-room the Duke had not seen Jean since that hurried journey from Callanslay a fortnight ago. He was shocked at the change in her appearance. Her days and nights of weeping had banished the pretty red colour from her cheeks and dimmed the soft brown eyes, and the outline of the round face was perceptibly thinner. He took her hand in silence, looking at her with grave, concerned blue eyes. Cousin Jean, is this news true? It is true, Cousin Dennis. Louise married in the summer of 1900 in South Africa, she said, and his wife is here, and his son, and oh, cousin Dennis, she's Anne-Marie. 
Anne-Marie, said the Duke, bewildered, do you remember that I showed you the miniatures of my family, of the de Corsets? said Jean wistfully. And the poor Comtesse Anne-Marie, the first prisoner of the revolution? Yes, yes, I remember. Her brother Charles lived in France and married and had children, but most of them became monks or nuns. And this Anne-Marie is the only living descendant. She is the daughter of the poor de Corset, of whom Professor Hogg Watson told us, the one who was killed in Boshoff, by the side of General Villeboy Maruel. And she married Louise. She went out to South Africa to find her father's grave. Late last night we sat up talking and she told me of her long, long journey and of the difficulties she had. But she seemed to think nothing of them to get to Boshoff. Everyone told her it would be impossible. But she said nothing was impossible to a child who loved her father. And she heard of a de Corset in the hospital and for one wild moment thought there might be a mistake. Poor thing. But she found Louise, said Jean softly. Her bitter feelings so foreign to a gentle nature melted away under the pathos and simplicity of Anne-Marie's recital and of her description of Louise, wasted and suffering. He would not mention that fever to me. I thought him just at that time rather careless about writing regularly, little thinking he was ill and hiding it from me for fear i should be anxious said jean for her loyalty had conquered her resentment she says if she had not thought him dying she could not have stayed even then but she had told him who she was and as he says in his letter to me how could he let her go now that she had seen anne marie jean felt that she could picture it all to herself the hospital tent and louise in his weakness and weariness suddenly transported out of his surroundings by the vision of that beautiful serene face that embodied the romance of the past and the present in one the duke was silent he felt that however romantic the marriage of louise might have been his reticence towards his only sister concerning it could not be explained away cousin denise said jean timidly i am going if you please to fetch anne marie she knows you are a cousin and i have explained to her how very good you have been to me all this time of my loneliness I am sure she will see you. She is so self-controlled, but I cannot be like her, said Jean with a very watery smile. Indeed, it would be very odd if I could, for she is a most beautiful, stately person, just what I should imagine a queen ought to be. She likes to talk to me of Louise, and I like to talk to her, but she never talks of her own sorrow, and yet you cannot see her and doubt that it is all her life. If you are sure she wouldn't think me intrusive, that it would not be too much for her, said the Duke, hesitating. He had no wish to see Anne-Marie, but every wish to please Jean. No, it is not too much for her. Mr. Valentine came this morning, and she saw him, and we are going together to his office tomorrow, as he wishes. Was he aware of the marriage? Yes, Louise wrote to him when he received the news of his inheritance, and told him in confidence of his marriage and and that he had a son it was only i who did not know she said flushing deeply and uncle roberts and we have not yet decided quite how to break it to him it might be best for me to go and tell him for letters are not much in his way the duke was silent again he could not express his feelings but his face showed him indignant for the mortification she bravely tried to hide and jean divined his thoughts 
she went to her little desk and opened it and brought out a worn blue envelope with a broken seal cousin denise she said softly i would show his last letter to no one in the world but you but i cannot bear that you should misunderstand louise you will see it was written long ago just after he married read it and you will understand and she put it into his hand he detained hers raised it to his lips and kissed it but the action was so grave and so gentle that it was more an expression of sympathy the first he had dared to show her than of love how was it i could never have been so blind so foolish as to look down upon him thought jean colouring deeply as she left the room he's always the same kind and noble and thoughtful of the feelings of others surely everything that any woman in the world could wish a man to be and she went in search of anne marie delaying her descent for a few moments in order to give denise time to read the letter it would be so much more pleasant if monsieur le duc will consent that since he is of our family he should conduct us to-morrow to the office of this monsieur valentine said anne-marie with her little air of mingled persuasiveness and command is it not so my sister jeanne assented it was very clear to monsieur le duc that she would consent to most things that could be proposed by her sister-in-law he had not wished to see anne-marie but his prejudices were conquered before she had even spoken she was as jeanne had said at once so simple and so stately no doubt her beauty counted for much in the influence she exercised over all who approached her but still more perhaps her serene and dignified sweetness of character which was made manifest in her whole bearing and expression but the faint purple shadows beneath the beautiful hazel eyes suggested nevertheless to the quick perceptions of the duke midnight vigils and a pillow watered with tears the fair complexion was almost unnaturally pale in contrast to the black draperies he divined that the apparent self-command of the marquise was hardly won anything in the world that i can do he said you have been good to my sister said anne-marie and she looked at him keenly but yes she has not failed to tell me of your goodness even my husband spoke of it in his letters to me she would have been always alone but for you in this great house so great so triste now she will be alone no more for it was his wish that i should protect her the duke's fair complexion rendered his increase of colour particularly noticeable but jeanne reflected his momentary embarrassment with as so deep a blush and such obvious and painful confusion that a less observant person than anne marie could hardly have failed to perceive it the duke's blue eyes met her inquiring gaze anne marie paused and appeared to consider then she turned to jeanne and addressed her with peculiar gentleness in her slow careful english i would like well to show my son to monsieur le duc will you not go yourself monsieur to find our petit chinois and present him to our cousin jeanne thankful to escape and hide her blushes very gladly replied that she would and quitted the room and the duke was left alone with his new relation whether anne marie as appeared probable had chosen to give him this immediate opportunity for speaking to her in private of deliberate design or whether she was merely actuated by a sisterly desire to screen and shield the obvious confusion of jeanne the duke did not pause to discover but he availed himself without a moment's hesitation of the opening 
her consideration afforded him his embarrassment managed with the departure of jean and he addressed himself to the marquis very gravely and courteously in her own language though had anne marie possessed a corresponding sense of humour to his own which she did not she would certainly have discerned the latent twinkle in his blue eyes i understand madame that you are now in a measure the guardian of your sister's interests my oui monsieur said anne marie with a winning smile and a dignified inclination of the head then said the duke with the little bow which jean had thought old-fashioned but which appeared the most natural and appropriate salutation in the world to the marquis i have the honour to apply to you for permission to address myself to my cousin a marriage with her has long been the dearest wish of my heart there was no shyness and no hesitation in the duke's manner now he spoke with a decision and manliness unmistakable it is as i divined said anne marie she gave him her left hand as a royal favour and he kissed it respectful ardour monsieur le duc you have acted with that propriety which distinguishes all brave and honest men she paused and added in ordinary circumstances receive then the assurance of my approval as i am persuaded you would have received it from the lips of my beloved husband and with it the expression of my conviction that you will make the happiness of his sister i thank you infinitely said the duke bowing then he descended somewhat precipitately from his french stilts you will understand that i have said nothing to her yet it goes without saying said the marquise you will then not allude to the subject until i have ventured to ascertain the sentiments of my cousin he faltered i demand your pardon madame but you are perhaps not aware that our english customs differ very considerably she might think i am not even sure whether he floundered miserably soyez tranquille monsieur said anne-marie in soothing tones i am enough well acquainted on the contrary with the usages of your country here are nearly three years that i study them with your language incessantly you shall rely on my discretion the duke was a lover but perhaps less selfish than lovers usually are he thought the sad smile of anne marie adorable and her sympathy for others in the midst of her own grief touched him deeply chere madame he said with an impulsiveness not habitual to him forgive me forgive me i wonder how i can have dared to obtrude upon you just now wishes and hopes that perhaps i might be content to indulge in silence for some time longer i know too well that it was not at this moment i should have spoken ah monsieur she said very simply and earnestly it is not then in her sorrow that the little one has most need of consolation would you then counsel me he said with diffident joy to follow the impulses of your heart my oui monsieur and you think it possible that she that she anne marie's smile though sad still was yet so expressive that he was minded to kiss her hand a second time but refrained for at that moment the door opened and the petit jean made his appearance with jean anne marie was merciful as she was sympathetic and with a perception very unusual to mothers she inflicted the company of her idolized son upon the impatient lover for as short a time as possible petit jean did all that was required of him he saluted monsieur le duc smiled all over his sunny handsome little face and was finally borne away in the arms of the marquis to look for chocolates in the dining-room 
jean said the duke in hushed tones i have read the letter and you understand i understand that your brother was a brave fellow he said with emotion i am very proud to call him cousin oh thank you thank you said jean no words could have been more grateful to her aching heart she laid the letter reverently away in the shabby desk and the duke closed the lid that she might lock it their hands met jean oh jean is it too soon must i wait yet a little while longer will time make any difference to such sorrow as mine she said passionately the duke knew that it would make a difference for though he was no older than jean he was as wise for his years as she was childish for hers but he did not stop to think of this now oh jean if my love could comfort you if my love could bring you the happiness of which he writes love is love she quoted in a whisper and we would not help its mastery even if we would would you if you could said the duke tenderly and as he took her into his arms she knew tired and heartbroken as she was that the intolerable heaviness of her sorrow was lifted and that in the midst of grief she had found the happiness the joy in life which her dead hero had bidden her take with thankfulness whenever it should come her way and that this comfort had come to little jean now at the moment when she so sorely needed it she owed though she never knew it to anne marie end of chapter 21